Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. How's everybody doing this morning? You doing okay? Doing all right. We're glad that you're here. If you're visiting with us for the first time, uh, we don't believe you're here by accident. Uh, we believe that we've been praying for you. We believe you're here because God has you here for a reason. And uh, maybe you're not here and you're tuning in uh, via podcast. We have people that listen all over the world. I think a lot of times you get you can get into a place to where you think it's just this service, but the truth is, is there's two other services. Uh, beyond this one, and then we have uh, community groups through the week, and and, uh, and and but also we have people that listen from all over the world, and when I say that, I literally mean all over the world. We have people that listen from North Korea, uh, Japan, come on, I, I, I got, there's countries that, that I don't even know how to say the name, and they're listening uh, to us, and we're able to see that, Australia, come on, we got China listening, and uh, so if you're tuning in via podcast, we're so glad, come on, say hi to uh, church families, come on, give them a hand clap. If you got a Bible, turn to Joshua twenty-one forty-five. Joshua twenty-one forty-five, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says this: Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord has given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything He had spoken came true. Come on, not a single one of the family, uh, uh, not a single one of the, all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel. Now here, I want you to put your name in the, pl- in the place when I point to you. Are you with me? It says this, not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to, I'm going to try it again because I know it's complicated. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to, oh, y'all, y'all still ain't with me. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to, was left unfulfilled, everything he had spoken came true. Every dream that you have in your heart came true. Everything that God has put on the inside of you came true. And everybody that believed it said, amen. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, because we have a saying that paper never forgets, I would like for you to title this message, Face Your Fear. Come on, tap, tap three people around you, say, face your fear. Face your fear. Come on, face your fear. Lord, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people. Let no one leave the same. Let every life be changed. And everybody that believed it said, amen. You know, during this series, we've talked about all kinds of different things. Uh, we started out the series, and, and uh, we started about things that you need to stop doing if you're going to achieve the dreams that are in your heart. We talked about things that you need to start doing if you're going to achieve the dreams that are in your heart. Uh, last week, Crystal preached on who you are and understanding that you you got to understand who you are, your identity in Christ, if you're ever going to reach your dream. It was, and all of those messages are amazing, and all of those messages are really good, but as I was preparing for this message, I I remembered that I haven't talked about something that everyone in here faces, and that is fear. I don't care who you are, and I don't care uh, where you come from, you can give me the biggest, baddest guy in the room, and I guarantee you there is probably something they're afraid of. 
something that you're afraid of. Anybody here, you understand what I'm saying? Do you all fear? Do I need to break this down? Everybody in here is afraid of something. There was a, a little girl who was uh, afraid of the dark. And she, uh, her mom was putting her to bed, and, and she put her, put her in bed, and, and, and she said, uh, Mama, can you, can you just stay with me tonight? Because I'm afraid of the dark. Could you just stay in the room with me tonight? And she said, No, honey, I have to sleep with your dad. She thought for a moment, and she said, What a big old sissy. Because everybody has fear, right? Everybody in here, I don't care who you are, what your background is, there's probably something that you're afraid of. Something that, you know, it might be uh, it might be a normal fear, but come on, have you ever gone through the list? I was going through a list of fears, and there's actually a fear of bald people. What in the, what in the heck is going on? You have a fear. There was, there was a fear of being afraid. Like, how is that even, how does that work? You're afraid of being afraid? Like, I, I just don't understand it. But you go through all of these different fears because the truth is, and it seems like every year they're adding a new fear. There's something that, that happens. You know, uh, 30 years ago, uh, uh, the researchers of John Hopkins University did a study. And they asked grade school kids what their greatest fears were. And they came back with these five answers. Number one, animals. Number two, being in the dark. Come on, every kid understands that. Number three, high places. Number four, strangers. And number five, loud noises. Right? Now then, uh, now today they went back and they asked uh, grade school kids, what are your five greatest fears? And they came back with these answers. Number one, divorce. Number two, nuclear war. What kind of kids are you raising for crying out? Number three, cancer. Number four, pollution. And number five, being mugged. Do you see that there's a change that has, see, there, there are rational fears and then there are irrational fears. See, a rational fear is something that uh, most of us are actually born with because God has given it to you to protect you. There are, some, uh, uh, there are some animals that if you're in the room, you should be afraid. If I'm in the room with you and a lion, I'm going to run out the door, right? Because I understand that a lion is there to do one thing and one thing only, and that's to eat me, right? That's just a, so if I can beat you, I know that I'm safe. I, I don't have to beat the lion. I just have to beat you out the door. But here's the thing. So that's a rational fear. Uh, ha, how many of you are afraid of heights? Anybody in here afraid of heights? Well, you should be, because if you get up high enough and you fall off, you die. My, uh, my brother-in-law is six foot eight, and, uh, and my my sister is five foot two, and uh, they make an odd, very odd couple. But it's so funny. We were uh, we were at Six Flags in the Big Red Tower. I don't even know what it's called, but uh, we we decided that we were going to go up to the top. Well, my brother in law is terrified of heights, 
And now here we are, we're up on this big tower, and we're looking out. Now there's a fence all the way around it, solid steel underneath. And it was so funny because he would grab a hold of my sister's shoulder and just walk very carefully around because he has a terrifying fear of height. See, that's a rational fear. But the thing is, is that the rational fears probably aren't keeping you from your dreams. It's the irrational fear that's keeping you from your dreams. It's irrational. You can't explain. Come on, you, you, you know, you, you go, I, I know that it doesn't make sense because fear doesn't have to make sense, but it can control you. It can keep you from stepping out. It can keep you from accomplishing your goals. See, the thing is, is that you have to understand that fear and faith have one thing in common. They're both asking you to believe something you can't see. Fear and faith have one thing in common, that they're both asking you to believe something that you cannot see. See, fear will say this, uh, business is down. I don't know if you're going to be able to make the, 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 uh, your house payment. What if they come and foreclose on your house? What if everything goes wrong? What, and, and, and fear says that, but faith comes in and says, business is down. I thank God that the word of God says this, that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. See, you've got to understand that fear and faith are very different. Fear, fear will say this, uh, I have a side pain. Oh, no, my aunt died of, of uh, uh, she ended up finding out that she had cancer after she had a side pain. So I must have cancer. I must be about to die. Faith says, I have a side pain, but I thank God that the word says that by his stripes, I am healed. See, you got to understand, fear and faith are both asking you to believe something you can't see. And I want to ask you this question, which one are you being controlled by? See, most, most of us are controlled by fear. You might not admit it. You might not say it. You might not uh, tell anybody else about it. But most of us are being controlled by some kind of irrational fear. If you're ever going to see your dream come to pass, I want you to understand that you are going to have to face your fears. You're going, at some point, you're going, see, uh, people will look at me and they say, oh, well, you're just different. You know, you stepped out, you, you did something, you, you, you know, it, it, it's just amazing whatever you see in your dream accomplished. Can I tell you that if you're looking at me and think that I don't have fear, you're crazy. You, you, need to, you need to wake up and smell the coffee. There are days that I was laying in my bed when I stepped out in faith to plant a church and I, there was nobody around me. It was just me and my four and no more. And I was laying in bed thinking, what kind of stupid idiot steps out away from everything to plant a church where he knows nobody? Can I tell you that if you're ever going to see your dream come to pass, sometimes you're going to have to do it afraid. I don't know what the next step holds. I don't know what's coming around the corner. I don't know what might happen. But can I tell you that when you step out in faith, the one step leads you to the next step, that leads you to the next step, that leads you to the next step. See, faith will always ask you to believe in something you can't see. It's just that you believe that God is for you. Who can be against you? The God who put me in this, the, the God who created me in my mother's womb has created me for such a time as this. He put this dream in my heart because he wanted to see me. See, you got, you got, you got faith on the inside of you that says, I know that God that brought me this far won't see me fall short right now. Fear and faith. 
Can I tell you three fears that you must overcome if you want this to be your dream year? And I, I'll tell you that I started with seven. And my wife loves, she, I, I said, I got seven fears. And she's like, you ain't going to preach all those. And I was like, what? I, I got this. And then I, I, I whittled it down to three because uh, there's just, there's no way. The first fear that you're going to have to overcome is the fear of rejection. If you want this to be your dream year, you're going to have to overcome the fear of rejection. I can't tell you how many people that I have counseling sessions with that, that will look at me and say, oh, I, I, want, I want this to be my dream year. And then you start talking to them about their dream job. And they say, well, yeah, but I'm afraid that if I put in the application that they might pick somebody else. What, what if they pick somebody else and they're so, or, or I, you know, my dream, this is to find somebody, fall in love and get married within the, uh, the next one or two years, but then they're so afraid to ask anybody out that they won't step out in faith. What if they say no and they're afraid of rejection? What if they say yes? What if you step out and you get that job? What if, you, what if, what if we change our what if to, to maybe something positive instead of something negative? So afraid of what men might think of us. If we step out and, and we try to do something, what if we face rejection? See, and the bad thing is, is that we're not just afraid of rejection for ourselves. We're terrified of it for our kids. Well, I, can I just, it's amazing to me that, that we give every kid a baseball trophy. Are you kidding me? Our first year of baseball, I've got all these kids. We're like six, seven years old. And, and I've got all these kids, and I say run to first, and they run to third. Like I'm like, oh, gosh, this is going to be a long year. Well, we, we lost every stinking game. Every, I'm not talking about we got, no, we lost every game. And they called me and they said, hey, on this day, we're going to be giving out participation trophies. I'm like, you can keep your trophy. I, I know that I participated. I, I was there for every single game. But we lost, see, but the thing is, is that we're afraid of rejection. What if my kid faces rejection? Little Johnny needs to understand that he ain't no good at baseball. Rejection is not going to kill you. It just lets you figure out what you're good at sometimes. You need to understand that we're so, we try to protect them and, oh, well, we never want them to feel the sting of rejection because it controls us. So we don't want them to ever feel it. But the truth is, is that you got to understand that the path to your dream is going to have some rejection in it occasionally. Three people in your life. On the path to your dream. The first one are people that love you no matter what. They're for you. Come on. They're your BFF. They're your husband, whatever it is, and they are for you. You talk about your dreams, and they're talking, man, you're awesome. You're amazing. You're incredible. You got this. You're going to do it. You, you know, come on. You, you lo- I love cheerleaders in my corner. And then there's people that don't care. 
They could care less about your dream. Stop thinking the world revolves around you. You tell somebody, there's people that I won't talk to about my messages. Because they're just like, "Mm, yeah, okay, that sounds good. Because they don't care. The third kind of person is the people that will actively oppose you. They don't like you. You ever just meet somebody that you just don't like? Barely met them and you just don't like them. I don't know what it is about him, but I don't like him. You don't know him. I don't care. I don't like him. Statistically speaking, we have 10% of people in this world that will not like you no matter what you do. And all the people pleasers said, oh my gosh. There's 10% of the people out there that aren't going to lie. See, the thing is, is there's 10% of the people that it does. You could change your clothes. You could change your cologne. You could put on something different. You could change your attitude. And they're not going to like you no matter what. See, you gotta, you got to stop trying to worry about what men think of you and start worrying about what God. There's people in this room probably right now visiting this church that's sitting there looking at him. He's too bald. Oh, he preaches too loud. He talks too much. I don't know why we're singing so long they're not going to like you no matter what but guess what there's some place and somewhere for everybody so stop trying to please them maybe they're not going to be your best friend see you down the road i hope you find somebody that works out for you stop worrying about rejection stop it stop worrying about it So terrified of rejection that we'll never try for our dreams. Psalms 118.22 says this. The stone that the builders rejected has become our chief cornerstone. See, Jesus faced rejection. Nobody wanted him. Nobody thought that he was the one. There There was a handful of people that followed him around. But it became, can I tell you that your rejection, God could build something great on what men have rejected. Men have rejected your dream, and but God says, I put it in your heart for a reason, and I can build something great. There are businesses on the inside of you that men have rejected and said it'll never work, but God put it there, and he says, you watch it work. You just stop letting rejection control you. Stop letting men tell you no. preaching good. I know you're preaching good. You better preach. I'm going to preach. Sometimes you got to correct you. We're so focused on the 10% that we, we lose track of the 90. The second fear you have to overcome on the path to your dream is fear of failure. Have you ever heard the saying, failure is not an option? Anybody heard that? Y'all with me? Failure is not. Whoever said that is an idiot. (laughs) Complete and total idiot. Failure is a very viable option. In fact, there's probably, you're going to, you're, if you step out and you start going towards your dream, the, the chances of you failing more than once are probably pretty great. 
you're probably going to uh, have something that, that it, it just comes against you. It doesn't work out, and, and man, I fall short. But a lot of us are so afraid to fail that we'll never step out. Failure is a very viable option, but here's the thing. The difference between great people and normal people is how they respond to failure. I'll say it again. The difference between great people and normal people is how you respond to failure. See, we look at people that are great and have accomplished amazing things, and we sit back and we think, oh, well, they just never have faced the things that I've faced. They've never gone through what I've gone through. They've never done what I've done. They've never been where I've been. Can I tell you that chances are they've probably been through worse. They've probably overcome more. And the thing is, is that it's how you respond to the failure that gets you through. It's, uh, yeah, I hit this bump along the road. Well, I, that won't work out so let me try this way let me try it this way maybe I should think outside the box maybe I should step over and do it this way see you got to learn how to respond to failure not treating it like it's the end of everything and start saying well I've just figured out a way it doesn't work Woodrow Wilson by the age of 35 had been defeated twice when running for Congress at 37 he finally won the election, but at 39, he lost his re-election. At 45, he ran for Senate and lost. At 47, he was defeated for nomination of vice president. At 49, he ran for Senate and lost again. Nobody wants you, dude. But at 51, he stepped into the presidency. See, we look at amazing people, presidents, and we think, oh, well, they never experience what I've experienced. They've never had failure. But the truth is, is you look down the list and it's failure after failure after failure after failure. But it's the way that they responded that got them to their dream. There's a book in the Bible called Nehemiah, and I think it shows you really what it, it, it's like to try to achieve your dream. Is not sitting back saying, oh, okay, well, this is going to be easy. It says he has a dream to build the wall, and, 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 he's, and he's building the wall. with. It says he's building the wall with one hand and fighting his enemies with the other. See, you, you, got, you got this. You got to understand that it is a fight. While you're working, you're going to have to continue to fight. And you need to learn to fight fear if you're going to ever make it to your dream. The third fear, and I got to stop. The fear of opposition. The fear of opposition. See, I think most of us have this misconception that achieving a dream is easy. That it's, oh, well, we should just be, because you think you're so awesome that you should just be able to walk into it. That I, I should just be able to step in. And can I tell you that there is never a time. You, you've shown me a time in the Bible where people, whenever they were going in to take new ground or do something amazing or do a dream that was in their heart, that they weren't actively fighting opposition. That there wasn't things that came up. See, you, you're not going to take new ground and you're not going to step into, your, uh, into what God has called you to without facing opposition. You need to be a little more positive. Okay, well, I'm positive that you're not going to step into your dream without facing opposition. The path to your dream 
will be paved with opposition. Every week, I face opposition. Oh, well, you just work one day a week, brother. I always tell people, you find that pastor that works one day a week, and you tell him I want his job. The thing is, is that whenever I can't really honestly think of a week that has gone by that I don't actively face opposition in some way, shape, or form. People do crazy. I got to face that. Huh? Have you ever tried to build a building in a city? It's met with roadblocks and stop signs and hold up and wait a minute. And you got all of these things that are coming against you constantly. But you have to have a resolve on the inside of you that when you reach a a, a dead end or what seems like a roadblock and it seems like everything is opposing you and everything is coming against you, you can sit back and say, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver him out of them all. And you stand up and you say, I don't care what it looks like in the natural I don't care what's coming against me. I'm going to continue to fight for my dream. We have a fear of opposition. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be times that you want to quit. See, it's not a sin or not a horrible thing to want to quit. The problem is when you actually quit. In the 60s, they did a study. 413 people that had achieved greatness. And they decided that they wanted to figure out what made these people great. There ha- Maybe there was a common thread of something that made them great. So they looked at cultural backgrounds. They looked at family backgrounds. They looked at education. They looked they, they, they looked in every, every place that they could think of. And the only common thread that all of these people had in common was this, that they had to overcome great opposition to get to their dream. That was the only thing they could find, that every one of them had to overcome some kind of opposition. Can I ask you, Friend, what makes you any different? See, you're going to have to overcome some opposition to see your dream come to pass. And it probably won't end when you step into it. You'll probably face it again. But I'm here to tell you that you keep fighting, you keep pressing, you keep pushing. And one day you'll step into all that God has for you. If you just don't quit. At the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.